Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. So this is Dhammapada chapter 10. Dandavaga, abandoned violence. So the 10th chapter of the Dhammapada describes the pitfalls of hurtful and aggressive behavior and the liberation found in developing restraint of thought, word, and deed. The Buddha taught an eightfold path to develop recognition and abandonment of self-referential behavior that results in harm towards ourselves and others. Buddha's words. Everyone fears violence and death. Understanding thus, the disciple does not harm others or cause others to harm. Everyone fears violence and holds dear life. Understanding thus, the disciple does not harm others or cause others to harm. One cannot attain happiness while oppressing others with violence. One will find happiness who does not oppress others with violence. Angry speech causes harm. Retaliation can overcome the mind. Avoid speaking harshly and remain free from harsh retort. One approaches Nibbana who restrains the tongue and abandons harmful speech. That line really is a powerful line. It gets into what, what we're doing when we practice the Eightfold Path. And uh, as... Can you say that again? Sure. One approaches Nibbana who restrains the tongue and abandons harmful speech. And again, this harmful speech includes self-talk, things that we say to ourselves about our thoughts, um, how we judge ourselves. These things are, are harmful and uh, can distract us. Buddha's words. As a cowherd drives cows with a staff, so too does aging and death drive the lives of people. The fool does wrong while ignorant and yet is tormented by the hurtful thoughts, words, and deeds, like being burnt by a fire. So these kinds of things are, are sticky. You know, when, when we you know, associate with people where we're not engaged in right speech, um, when we have ill will towards others, these things stick to us, and you know, here the Buddha says it's like being burnt by a fire. Um, that that sensation lasts. Inflicting violence on the innocent will bring one of ten states: sharp pain, injury, illness, derangement, subjugation, incarceration, loss of family, loss of wealth, loss of shelter 
ongoing wandering and ignorance. Nakedness, matted hair, filth, fasting, smearing oneself with ashes, nor self-torture cannot purify one's mind rooted in doubt and uncertainty. So ascetic and ritualistic practices, these are aspects of self-violence and our practices Siddhartha Gautama engaged in with, engaged in early on and abandoned as not leading to knowledge. So sort of the the image of a very ascetic lifestyle on its own doesn't bring release from craving. Doesn't purify the mind rooted in doubt and uncertainty. Moderate in clothing, food, shelter, and medicine, poised, calm, well concentrated, established in the Eightfold Path, and having completely abandoned violence towards all beings, this one is a true Dhamma practitioner. This describes behavior guided by the Eightfold Path. As rare as a thoroughbred avoiding the whip is a person restrained by modesty and beyond reproach. Authentic and well-focused Dhamma practitioners were just as rare during the Buddhist teaching career as they are today. simple, not easy. Like a thoroughbred driven by the whip, be strenuous and diligent while developing understanding. The disciple, well concentrated, harmless, mindful of the Four Noble Truths, will destroy suffering. Irrigators guide rivers, fletchers straighten arrows, carpenters shape wood. The disciple controls themselves. So, this, this is implying that this takes time. This, this, this is a practice that's to be developed. We don't get it right away, and that's okay. You know? um, but when we can practice restraint, particularly as framed by the Eightfold Path, we learn to control ourselves. And that's something that is, uh, you know, worthy of the craft. That's the end of the sutta. Mm -hmm. So we'll just go around. Um, Brian, we'll start with you. Any thoughts on that? Um, thanks, Pat. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, you, you, you hit it, right? Like it, you don't get it day one. You don't really get it day 30. It, it just, but uh, there, there's like this this line that you cross, and some point it just starts to snowball. And that that practice that turns into that restraint, and you just the, all the softening that just starts to occur, like it just it just feels I don't know if easier is the right word, right? But it's just gentler all around, right? The interactions yeah. are gentler. If you're gentler with people, they're gentler back. So yeah, I, it just. I've been very articulate, but uh, yeah, I agree with what you said. No, that's 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 beautiful. Thank you. Um, in that way, you know, this is about being gentle with ourselves first, and from there, then we can develop a capacity to have that space for others. 
so we have to be gentle with ourselves first when we undertake a practice that's that's uh, simple but not easy. Jen. Hi. Hi. Um, hi, everybody. Um, thank you for the teaching, Matt. Um, you know, this, this chapter, um, it speaks to that place inside that we all always known is there but is rarely brought to the fore in our culture um and it just it kind of underscores the urgency of kindness and yeah that's what i got from it yeah thank you yeah, like that real, like real compassion and like and how to really be kind to yourself and how to really be kind to others. Just don't be harmful. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know what John just put on the website on the homepage, the the Patimoksha for CRMC and the the five precepts. Those are those are speaking directly to this sutta and you know that, like you said, you echoed that, you know, that if we have compassion for ourselves first, then we can actually offer it to others. Thanks. Hey, Laura. Hi, Matt. Thank you. Good um, to see you. I guess I was just, what called to mind for me was uh, the meta meditation that we you know practiced before and i was just wondering is that something you know we can incorporate i guess or is meant to be incorporated every time we meditate um you know the to develop loving kindness i know that on the retreat you did it separately but is it something that can just be um i guess incorporated every time you meditate absolutely um that Karaniya Metta Sutta is a, is a sutta, is a teaching, um, but that that's also a practice, you know? and it, it's in line with the virtuous factors of the Eightfold Path, it's in line with the concentration factors of the Eightfold Path, it's in line with the wisdom factors of the Eightfold Path. So when we can cultivate loving-kindness for ourselves first, then it's available. It's, a, it's essentially mindfulness. Yeah. As things arise, you're mindful. Yeah. So whether it's a structured sutta that you incorporate, it's just simply as things arise, be aware that love and kindness has arisen. Yeah. But also know when it's not there. Yeah. And I think that's the, the wisest way to incorporate any teaching is through mindfulness. Thank you, David. Yeah. Did and, and don't forget this this teaching was given to a group of monks that were having 
serious issues with mm. their practice because they were feeling uh, terrified. Not just terrified, but they were feeling ill will towards the the people around them yeah. that they thought were were constricting them. Yeah. And, and and this teaching uh, and and. Um, uh, Tanisaro has has a uh, an interesting article on that, where uh, he actually turns the translation a little bit uh, to say not so much that you should have goodwill, that you should cherish your goodwill towards others, but that you should be aware of your lack of it, that you should be aware of your ill will yeah. in in this. Um, and that that ill will has has no excuses. That's why he goes through that whole list of, you know, the near and the far, and the seen and the unseen, and the large and the small. Nobody, you, you cannot have ill will towards anybody, yeah. including yourself. Yeah. And it's it, that's the, the 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 biggest impediment to to your practice. Did everybody hear that? Yes, thank you, David and Rob. Um, you know, Laura's question just made me think about uh, the just using the med something that John used to always um, suggest. If we are really struggling with one of the hindrances, like mm -hmm. restlessness and worry or ill will, um, and we can't find that we are unable to meditate because our mind is too agitated to use meta to calm the mind first and then meditate and then try meditating. I was just looking on the web that other um, meta practice, but I don't see it anywhere. The one where we'd say, um, may I be filled with love and kindness, may I be well, may I be peaceful and ease, may I be happy three times. I don't know if we've done that recently. I don't think we have. We haven't done that in a while, but that, um, if anyone's interested in that, we can, yeah, we could print that. I'm out. trying to dig it up. I'm trying yeah. to dig it up. On yeah, the it, ca it right came up recently. I don't know if it was in the teachers' meeting or yeah, or where, where it was. But I do remember struggling to find the words again. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that that that's a that's that was, Yeah, I really like that too. Yeah, I've yeah. I've used that as a uh, cool. Oh, really, definitely. Uh, when when the mind gets really nuts, this just uh, basically beat it into submission. Yeah, and. It's it's not very gentle, but uh, it it can be uh, it can be effective when you're really feeling out of control. It's yeah. like okay, yeah. focus, focus, focus. Yeah, um, yeah. We we'll we'll dig that up and, and make sure that we get that out for everybody. Um, yeah. Jane. Hi, Thank you for the teaching. Um, what I thought about was um, there were certain people in my life that I was carrying around a lot of baggage. Um, I don't know if it's ill will, but something that happened in the past with this person. When I would see the person, all those feelings from the past would come up. And I found through my practice that I was able to, you know, put the past in the past and look at the person, you know, in the present without all that extra baggage and it, it freed me a lot that's fantastic i mean and that's you know um 
during the retreat, Becky had, had mentioned something similar to that in her process, and that noticing how when that ill will or uh, harmful thoughts or harmful speech come up, we recognize it. We recognize that there's ill will. And then we recognize when it goes away. And when it comes up again, we recognize that there's ill will. And then we recognize when it goes away. So thank you, Jane. That was excellent. Thank you. Nina? I'm so I did find it. It's oh, you under found it. guided jhana meditations. There's a green link that says meta intentional meditation. Perfect. Explain what I'm doing. Thank you, Jane. Hey, Nina. Hi. Um, since the retreat, I've tried to meditate at least once a day. It's mostly been twice. Good. And then I went away um, this past weekend for a night. So it was two days, and I was thrown off my routine. And it was astounding to me how quickly my mind could slip right back into busy thoughts, like in two days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like since the retreat, I've really been taking time to like watch myself and observe myself and my, like the speed of my thoughts and my reactivity. And it just feels like um, since the retreat and since I started this practice there's been a lot of space and not only space to slow things down but it seems to be like um things are less spicy yeah. <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better yeah. adjective it just feels like the volume and things is turned down appropriately so so it, I feel good good yeah that's excellent not violence but the spicy that I have yeah 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 something <laughs> yeah that's excellent uh, and you know that's that's what you know a well-developed practice will cultivate you know you know uh, the spicy reaction to phenomena arising in your mind starts to you know like you said, turned down. It's not as it's not as uh, you know flavorful. Yeah, and it's made me um, like see the spice in other people more. Definitely. You know, and but react to it less, which feels really good. Yeah, I mean, and that's the part of what the thing that we were saying, which was having compassion for yourself first. You'll there's space now for that in others you know? when you can go oh there yeah there's my there's my temper coming up you know and then you can go oh all right i'll let that go come back to my breath and then when you see it in someone else you, you you're you know you know you've had that experience and you can go okay that's just they're just spicy right now. Mm -hmm. I was with my kids, too. Absolutely. They're spicy a lot. Yep. They're super spicy. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. Thank you. Jeff. Greetings, everybody. All right. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of an odd experience for me because I recognize the voices, but I wouldn't know who you were if I passed you on the street because I've never seen you before. It's really an odd sensation. Um, I'm really honored to be allowed to be with you here. We're really glad you're here. This is that we cherish this uh, this Tuesday night space. So thank you for being here. Thank you. There's a couple of lines in this that, that stand out for me. One is, the fool does wrong while ignorant and is yet tormented by their hurtful thoughts, words, and deeds like being burnt by a fire. Uh, I say that when I see people who are violent and distressed. Um, I don't see, I don't feel the fear. I don't fear the violence. I just see them as being really in pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. Um, I used to have, I used to manage a big group of guys and a lot of them were seriously uh, violent characters and I never had personally trouble because I was always empathetic. But um, it's always pain, it's pain and fear. Yeah. The other the other line that stands out for me is the is the very last line. I think it's important. The disciple controls themselves. Yeah. Um, I at least at times have the impulse to want to try to save people, yeah. and that's not necessarily where you can go with that. It, you you know you have to have yourself. Um, under control yeah yeah i mean that's like we've been saying that that's something we notice as a habit of our attention is to fix it solve it change it get rid of it whatever it is Indeed. it's got to be different and Indeed. when we when we need everything that's occurring to be different than it is we're going to be stressed at the very least and disappointed for sure yeah, it requires acceptance. Definitely. And 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 restraint, you know. That that practice of restraint that the Eightfold Path frames for us is uh, is crucial to developing the Dhamma. We we don't we don't need to say everything that comes to our mind. We don't need to right. fix it, solve it, change it for everyone that comes across our path. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Rob? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, that line, the fool does wrong while ignorant and yet is tormented. Uh, the, the effects of, of ill will are very clear. Yeah. I mean, you're in pain. Yeah. But it's only with developing this path that you can you can see the connection between that ill will and the pain that yeah. follows later. In, in, in that sense, you know, having, having this path is, is just so fortunate because you, you, can, you can finally break that because it just, in, in 
when not knowing, it just keeps rolling along you know, yeah. from one hurt to another inflicted hurt to back to hurt, and, and it just never stops. Uh, this here gives you a chance to break out of that. Yeah. And like shaping wood, we restrain ourselves. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, that, that, um, that's wonderful. Thank you. Brett? Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks for your teaching. Uh, good to hear it, like I understood the teaching. Judging people and now that you could throw that in there, even and turn into just turns into ill will quickly or any form of you know not right speech or anything like that. And uh, but I kind of what, what I didn't get out of it was uh, ill will towards my, like myself. Yeah. And so you know, hearing that and uh, I guess that's putting a whole other way to the truth of it. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware of that, but then, you know, realizing that uh, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm other part of that, or more than the other part of that, or yeah. So, Thank you. Something that has to be looked at, you know. Yeah. In the process. Yeah, and in, and that's it. Is is that what are we doing here? We're we're looking at our contribution to our own stress. What, how are we contributing to our stress and suffering in our life, the stress and disappointment of our, of our lives? Yeah. Harmful speech, harmful thoughts, harmful self-talk. Even, even, you know, uh, too much screen time, too much media, you know? It's, 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 it's attention capture capture you know that there's violence there so we do it we do it to ourselves you know? that's how we contribute to our suffering our stress Thanks. David Matt can I ask you once again to read that line about Nirvana yes One approaches Nibbana who restrains the tongue and abandons harmful speech. And that's what I got out of this. It's the third noble truth. Yeah. That with wise restraint, that one step is putting you on the path to Nibbana. This path is a path leading to somewhere. And I think we often forget that it's leading to this release, this nirvana, and we see it as this goal that can only be reached by people that have been doing it for 50 years and are holy men. But this is a path that we're all on, and it's, it's the promise that if you practice and develop the Eightfold Path that it leads to Nibbana and it's that first step of restraint so from that very first point of restraint you're on that path to Nibbana and that's in the midst of all this talk about ill will 
it's such a positive you know message mm. so thank you Matt. thank you david Thank you, everybody. Uh, hey, Matt. Yeah. I want to ask you a question about something that you said. Sure. Um, because I, I recognize that uh, screen time uh, uh, ruins my overall consciousness, mindfulness, completely takes over my mindfulness. Yeah. But you said something that there's violence in, in capturing when you're on a screen. What, what would... Sort of, I'm, so when we're thinking about um, social media or something like that, mm-hmm. what that, that technology is, for, is often called um, the attention economy. And, and it's about capturing your attention keeping you there looking at whatever it is for a longer and longer and longer and longer period of time so so that you know basically that so that you can be advertised to um clickbait. right clickbait yeah clickbait right mm-hmm. so that that so you're just keep staying you're staying in distraction and that's yes. why yes yes ruins right. your your it ruins it. Yeah, it ruins your quality of life. Yeah, and it's always the algorithms are always pulling you towards the extremes. Yeah, that they're designed for that because yeah. that will capture more of your attention and for longer. Pulling you uh, toward craving. Pulling exactly. Clean. So it's just cleaning and craving. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Yep. That's like, second noble like, truth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the will. Right. Which is all the hindrances. Yeah. If you're not mindful at that point in time because there can't be mindfulness if you're so attracted to the next screen or the next yeah. TikTok or the right. next it's just right. mindlessness yeah and that's yeah that's one aspect and then it does a whole other aspect to your brain right exactly and that you know the dopamine is is yeah that's a whole other thing that's a whole other thing mm-hmm. where where it's it's changing your brain chemistry and you know again this is Violence, you know. I mean, it's it's something that that uh... it's certainly taking something that's not freely given. Right, right. You so know. in that perspective, and 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 heedlessness and, and mm-hmm. foolishness and sixth sense space. Yeah, the guards at your sixth sense space are asleep at the job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, no more screen time. <laughs> Just you know, three, three right? There's something, yeah. There's something about about you know. It's, it's okay. Right. It, it'll be okay. Uh, it's really boring, but you're way more mindful. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, thank you all for a wonderful class. Um, great comments and and great presence from everybody. Um, We're going to finish with meta as we always do. So find your relaxed meditation posture. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright. 
straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. Wishing, in gladness and in safety, may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short, or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you all. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Good night. Good night. See you Saturday or Thursday. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.